We've already got it? Okay. Perfect. Maybe she got it. There we go. Well, David, um, I've seen you on the Skype calls uh, on the um, the saga list, but this is our first uh, time together one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you ask about Sankara. Yes. And that uh, the word Sankara is translated as uh, m- mental, or actually just formations, that that's what it means. Uh, and that, in fact, in the suttas, it talks about bodily sankaras, uh, verbal sankara, and sita sankara. Now, the chitta or the sita is a Pali word that is uh, generally and always translated as mind. But. That also is quite confusing um, because in the Thai language, uh, the chitta in this case of Sankara is translated not as mind, but as jai in the Thai language, which means the heart. And basically what we're talking about here is that we build up bodily sankaras, which could also be referred to as skills. Sewing would be a sankara, needle and thread and thimbles and all of that. Calligraphy would be a sankara, but it's also a skill. All right, and uh, the ability to catch a ball that's thrown um, is something that is developed in cultures where baseball but in the thai culture uh throwing things is a social fupa so you cannot just toss somebody the keys when they're six feet away and both of you were sitting down one of you's got to get up and hand it to the other one and so if you throw something at a thai person instead of them catching it they'll just be aghast and just let it hit or miss it. Um, so I think that that's like they don't have pillow fights in in the sense of throwing things across the room. Uh, uh, Tam was against doing that, uh, but now she joins in and it's a whole lot of fun. We have uh, uh, random pillow fights, uh, gosh, every couple of three days throwing pillows across the room and catching them and whatnot like that. So that's an example of bodily sankaras. Um, The ability to play music, playing one instrument and not another, Uh, the kinds of things that you do with your hands, including the mindless things that we do, the scratching and all of that kind of stuff would have to do then with uh, the habits that we built up, twiddling one's thumbs, wrapping your fingers on the table, that kind of stuff uh, is all bodily sankaras. And now you can see that, well, wait a minute, we thought that this was called formations. Well, actually, 
a better word to use rather than formations is piling. A big pile of stuff, piling things on. A big pile of stuff. That there, uh, when we use the word formations, we think that um, actually you could think of it correctly as the way that sediment forms solid sandstone is when sand just sits there with the heavy pressure of water on top of it and it begins to form into a rock this is a formation all right but it's really just sand so um when we think of this then a better way of using uh, the word Sankara rather than using the word formation would be memory, muscle memory, body memory, to be able to remember the scales and the chords, remembering the sequence of notes in a piece of music, that kind of thing, remembering the rhythm. Um, so this is another way of using the word Sankara. Uh, now, as I said, that there's three different kinds. Uh, one would be the bodily Sankaras that we have, and this is also interrelated in the sense that the body also has Sankaras of emotions or feelings. In other words, Anxiety is a bodily formation. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, grief, crying, tears, those are bodily formations. When people get angry, they ball up their fists, their neck gets tight, their face goes red, all kinds of possibilities would be that these are bodily formations or sankaras, but they are interrelated with other kinds of sankaras. Now, let's look at another uh, one would be uh, the verbal sankaras. Uh, nowadays, starting basically with Freud and his group with um, Adler and Jung and Byrne, <clears throat> began to look at a little bit deeper and therefore have a different language than the Buddha. But the Buddha could see all of this stuff long before. And so we could see that also things remarkably go in in threes. There seems to be a lot of threes around in the sense of parent, adult and child, the reptilian brain, the mammalian brain and the frontal cortex or the uh, the human uh, quality of the brain. And also this fits in with that, too. And so the these mentals uh, actually the verbal Sankara is then what we would call the conceptual mind. All of the rules, how we're supposed to do things that in fact, another word for uh, in the Pali, another word for um, verbal Sankara would be Siva Bhatta Paramasa or our attachments to rules that are almost uh, laid, almost always laid down as verbal. Mm. About all the shoulds and woulds and coulds and, and standards that we uh, were, were, have, were set for us as a child 
including and especially the standards and the rules that we make for ourselves that we can't make meet up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also there is uh, the issue of the sliding scale. Uh, I remember when I was working for IBM that I had the thought quite often because I drove uh, to various customer sites. Some of them were 30, 40 miles apart. And I remember reflecting a lot. How much money is it going to take for me to quit, to retire? And at that time, the idea was that if I could get $5,000 up, I could quit. All right. Now, uh, as you can see, that people, once they get 5,000, they're going to say, oh, no, I really do need 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, or whatever it is, uh, a life's goal is not ever enough. We keep setting the standards higher and higher so that we never meet the standard. The standard goes up sometimes at an astronomical rate. So uh, this is the quality of those verbal sankaras is is that they are not in our favor. They're working against us. Mm. All right. And so now let's look at the third kind of sankara, which is called the sitta or the chitta sankara. This is actually the emotional system that is uh, kind of in between uh, the verbal, which we would say thought form, and the body. And that is the, uh, uh, what is in, in English language often referred to as a heart. And we could also refer to it as intuition. And we could also refer to it as the way that our instincts have been, uh, uh, let us say, utilized, exercised, and piled on. So actually, the uh, the Chitta Sankara would be more of our instinctual way of doing things, including the habits that we've gotten about how we feel. So could, this is, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, could this almost be seen as like an emotional sort of structure in a sense, or? Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. emotional memory. Mm-hmm. Okay, emotional okay. memory, yeah. Emotional memory as well as verbal memories or conceptual memories, and then we also have bodily memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, remembering how to do stuff, remembering how to write, how to, yeah. how to do letters of the alphabet that are uh, box letters as opposed to uh, cursive. Yeah, yeah. These, these are all skills that we have mm-hmm. developed, and these uh, memories are built right into the muscles. Yeah, yeah, that's like the bodily sankara, mm-hmm. right? That's the sankara. Yeah. And um, then the, the, the um, speech, like speech or sankara, sorry, um, there is like the um, like rules you said too. It's it's sort of that thought, but like the should have, would have, could have sort of thing. Like I should do X, you know, um, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And then the uh, Sita, right? Or sorry, Chitta, right? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That is the yeah the uh, emotional memory there, right? Yeah, that's like. 
Mm-hmm. I think I got it. Yeah. Actually, it um, the actual pronunciation of the poly yeah. is not that important because mm-hmm. we don't know exactly how they pronounced <laughs> the words way back when. Yeah. And I have been around um, Cambodian monks and their chanting, and I've been around Thai monks and their chanting, and the Lao monks and their chanting, and the Vietnamese and their chanting, and it's all different. Okay. So the Pali word uh, Sita or Chitta, basically, when you have the CH sound, is normally done because there's um, a double C. Like a Nietzsche, we know that that's always a Nietzsche because there's two C's in there. But Chitta or Sita um, only has one C. So I don't know why it would be Chitta Sankara, but that's how it's Mm -hmm. uh, uh, come about. But in any way, the important point is, is that the word Chitta should not be just thought of as mental because Mm -hmm. the Buddha is using the word verbal. For that part oh okay using verbal for that yeah yeah well and and these three are all very like interrelated right like in a sense right because they are interrelated but many times they're at a conflict with one another mm-hmm. and an example of that would be having the thought of you ought to go do this mm-hmm. And then we have the Chitta um, Sankara reaction of, no, I don't want to do it. All right. Yeah. And, and so that go- this. Oh, go yeah. I was going to say that goes back to like the parent and the child, right? Yeah. Precisely yeah. so that, in fact, it's quite a, uh, a good thing to look at these Sankaras as um, these ego states. Mm-hmm. And that the Chitta Sankara then would be the child ego state and the verbal Sankara would be the adult, excuse me, the parent, mm-hmm. as opposed to the adult, because the adult doesn't necessarily build up Sankaras in the sense of formations, but there are skills developed in the sense of being able to make connections to putting two and two together. This okay. is what the human mind is capable of doing that the animals can't do. Mm-hmm. We have a whole lot bigger memory, but the important thing is, is that humans can figure things out. We can see that if grandma died and grandpa died and uncle Billy died and grand and uh, aunt Susie's getting old, maybe I will die too. Mm-hmm. Dogs can't put that together. They don't have that. And so that's that part of the mind that can figure things out. In fact, that's what we mean by wisdom is looking at the way that things are pointed. We can talk about this more at another time, but an imagine is um, a really good example of wisdom uh, in our culture is uh, a group of hunters or maybe at a rifle range or whatever like that, everybody is very aware of which direction every gun is pointed. It needs to either be pointed down or up. 
but we don't have it swinging around where people are. I remember when I was a teenager that this this old man had a, a 12 gauge double barrel shotgun under his left arm uh, holstering it and the gun was pointing down about the knees and as he was talking and moving around a whole bunch of people around him were dancing <laughs> to keep that gun from being pointed at their knees okay mm. now that this is the, the uh, uh, what we can talk about is look at the way that things are headed look at the way that guns are pointed because that's the where the bullet is going to go if the gun goes off so you can see that also with conversations, you can see that with projects, you can see that with politics, you can see how things are headed. Mm-hmm. And that's wisdom. Another thing about wisdom is to be able to draw back and see the cycles or connect the dots, see how things are going around and around because we can see that some cycles last for centuries. Some cycles are very, very, very slow. And sometimes those same cycles that were slow at one time took in 10,000 years for one completion, 400 years for the next, and then 60 years for the next one, and then 15 years for the next. And you can see how, and the way that I'm talking about is information. The first one is writing, then the Gutenberg Press, and then radio communications and then the internet, and here comes AI, okay? And every time it completely disrupts society. Mm-hmm. The Gutenberg press really interrupted society, caused a hundred years war, caused great destruction in Europe. Why? Because the Catholic church was holding out on them. And when the Gutenberg press started printing the Bible, we said, wait a minute, <laughs> big time, <laughs> took a hundred years war. So this is the point about wisdom is to be able to see these cycles that are mm-hmm. happening as well as see how things are headed. What direction are they going? And so this is where we're going to develop uh, uh, in that way, rather than relying upon these Sankaras relying upon the past. That's another thing that has the quality of the Sankaras is that they're built upon the past. It's a collection of all the stuff that you've had. Um, in, in fact, uh, you've probably heard people uh, ask the question, who am I? It's mm-hmm. a very, very common question, mm-hmm. okay? The answer to that question then would be, you are the sum total of all the lies, bullshit, and wrong decisions that you've ever made. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's because the good things we tend to forget about, and we only tend to remember the bad things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so so that, like, image that is there, or with, with that, of, you know, ourselves or but I guess that that would be like a Sankara in a sense right or um of of sort no of the self there which is kind of brought in with like that memory and all that and all the lies and all that stuff and all that kind of thrown in there all the junk and all the garbage Mm -hmm. that we tend to pile on well I guess that's the thing right it's that piling up 
right. of all exactly. those things. Yeah. And so let us say then, and another word for Sankara could be the word habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they just pile on and pile on and pile on. So if a if an individual spends this moment and the next moment and moment after moment being selfish when he's a child, then he is actually developing that as a habit. So when he is an adult, he spends a lot of time in selfish thought, I, me's, and minds. So that's another example of it. And in that regard, you could say then that, wait a minute, you're beginning to point at the the self Mm -hmm. is a Sankara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> selfishness is the same car that we build in. All right. So that's what that is just the piling on. Mm-hmm. So let's um, go in a slightly different direction in the sense of where, how do the sand cars get started? Uh, and also, how do they affect things? Because now this is beginning to be an introduction to Paticca Samuppada. Um, one of the things that uh, in order to understand Paticca Samuppada, we need to talk about the five aggregates first. Well, guess what? The Sankara is one of the five aggregates. Mm-hmm. And so we're already talking about that. And the one thing that's important for us to recognize is that even though selfishness and um, the idea of a self is in the Sankaras. Sankara itself, or all of your memory base, is not who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's is, the important yeah. thing. That's not who you are. A lot of people also get confused. I am the body. I mean, mm-hmm. look how many industries capitalize off of people thinking I am the body. The cosmetic industry. Mm-hmm. The clothing industry. I mean, how many people buy clothing simply for the utilitarian quality? No. For instance, if you needed a big coat, then you have just one big coat. But in the wintertime in America, how many closets have uh, for each individual two, three, four, five coats? Six. Yeah. Yeah, old ones in the uh, cedar <laughs> cast, et cetera, like that. We keep buying mm-hmm. clothing because we identify I am the clothing that I wear. Mm-hmm. Or uh, makeup, uh, the whole system is teaching women that they're not good enough without our product. They do that with men, too, but they do it with different products. Mm-hmm. But but for the women, you're not good enough if you're not beautiful enough. And so they put all this makeup on thinking that the makeup now is beautiful. Therefore, I am beautiful. Mm-hmm. And do you think, too, because going back to that verbal uh, Sankara for just a moment, that I should be beautiful, right? Like those sorts of rules and stuff, right? That comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precisely. Exactly. The propaganda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually puts in those new parent uh, mm-hmm. injunctions or, or laws and whatever. Now, the important point to make 
is, is that when we started building these Sankaras, and for many ordinary people throughout their life, they continue to pile on Sankaras without looking at what they're doing. They don't know this. And so basically what we're doing is we're introducing the issue of ignorance. Mm. That we start off ignorantly piling on. We start off ignorantly piling on. This is why Ajiva is the first step of Paticca Samapada, then followed by Sankara. Okay. So, Anicca, or excuse me, Ajiva or not knowing or ignorantly, or a better word to use rather than ignorant, is delusionally. We think that this is how it should be, and we treat things the way that, it, that we think it should be, to where, in fact, that's not what's real at all. That we would rather go for what we think it should be rather than what it actually is. This is the ignorance. We're delusional. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, what the real practice of Anapanasati is, is to get the mind in a really, really good state so that it can see these processes of the Paticca Samapada based upon in the beginning that none of these things are actually a self in there. That this is a body, mm-hmm. but I am not the body, and the body is not me. Now, the thing about the body is, is that it changes very, very slowly, but it does change. The body that you have now is not the body that you had when you were five. The body that you had at five is not the same body you had at ten. The same body at 10 was not the same body at 14 or 15. Right? And yet Mm -hmm. we still have the delusion that it was the same body. Mm -hmm. Where all the chemicals, all of the water, every cell changes over a period of time, and they generally have the magical number seven. After seven years, there's nothing about you that's the same. Everything keeps changing. And yet we are ignorant of that because we think things stay the same when things are changing rapidly. But the one who changes the most slowly is the body. That's why it's so easily to get attached to the body. To where emotions happen at a much more rapid pace. But Mm -hmm. when we have uh, emotions, we still attach to those emotions as if we were the self. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we mean? <laughs> well, we say, I am angry, or I'm yeah. frustrated, or I'm sad. <laughs> I'm this, I'm that, I'm, 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 is all mm-hmm. that there is in there, and that the process that we're practicing here is to separate this witness or the frontal cortex from all of this I mean in mind that uh, the child and the parent are doing. And so we can begin to see that there's really no self in the body. Now, um, some religions are highly built upon this. I won't go into it in detail. There's a video that I've just done um, where I talked about standing at the Burning Hats in Varanasi 
watching the Brahmins bust open the skulls of the those that are uh, bodies that are being cremated mm-hmm. and they wait uh, doing a lot of chanting until the nose starts to bubble and burst. That means that the brain is boiling. <laughs> when the brain starts to boil, that's when they come with their big shillelaghs. Actually, it's a, a, a burl. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it's a, a very, very a hard piece of wood. That okay, has yeah. Got, okay, so yeah, the shillelagh. Yeah, I got the shillelagh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. And so it's an Indian version of a shillelagh, and they're almost always very ancient and polished and well-rubbed and, and passed down generation after generation. And they'll take this big club uh, at that height while they're doing all the chanting mm-hmm. and bust that skull open, whack open, and brains and uh, hot liquid and gases just go all over the place. And yeah. this is what they are talking about as releasing the soul. Mm-hmm. All they're releasing <laughs> is hot water and, and uh, uh, fecal matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I remember you talking about it because um, I believe it, it um, was it last Sunday there. Um, in the mm-hmm. morning, uh, yeah, you were discussing it. I actually went back and watched some of that video. So that that's pretty fascinating. Uh, yeah, and how that can get like really, you know, wrapped up, and then it's like, okay, we're gonna make a lot of money off of this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And so people believe those things mm-hmm. based upon the fear of death. Mm-hmm. People don't want to die. They want their their skull of this body busted open so that I can escape and then get another body. Mm -hmm. This is the whole issue of reincarnation that was widespread in the time of the Buddha and is still widespread. I mean, this is um, uh, Hinduism um, has various places to go to where Christians only have two. You either have heaven or hell. And then they say, well, there's a lot of degrees of heaven or hell, but in the Buddhist context, they have the hell, they have some kind of heaven, but they also have the animal states and the ghost state. But these are states that each individual person goes in and out of uh, moment by moment mm-hmm. when we're in a state of selfishness. In other words, if we are uh, feeling uh, hot and bothered and tortured and we can't get out, that would be a hell state. If we want something, really want it, and we can't have it, then that's a preta, a hungry ghost. If we uh, go along to get along, do what we're told to do, and don't enjoy it, then that's the animal. An example of that is the uh, the horse that has to be, that is harnessed and has to plow his own pasture. He has all that he needs in that pasture, but now that it's plowed up, the farmer is going to get all of the grub, and the horse is going to be left with hay. We do that. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. works at a job, right? Yeah, yeah, that's something. And you get, yeah, and and the corporation gets the benefit mm-hmm. of your work. Mm-hmm. They're not going to hire you if you got all the benefit of your work. Why would they hire you? No, they're going to make benefit off of your work. That's the mm-hmm. whole point. And then we go to work hoping to get a paycheck, but we don't enjoy the work. Yeah. 
That's why we call it work. That's why we call mm -hmm. it a job. It's because we don't want to do it. But we do it because we've been lied to. What is a lie? If you don't work, you don't eat. Guess what? Most of the people in the world don't work and they eat. Mm -hmm. So that, but but how could they keep teaching our little children, you don't work, you don't eat, when in fact AI is going to be taking over to where there's not going to be that many jobs. Mm -hmm. Going to leave a whole lot of frustrated people who can't get a job, who want a job because they think that they have to have a job because of the rules that they have yeah. are set for us. Okay. So all of this stuff is built upon ignorance and built upon a set of lies. Now let's look at some of the others uh, of, of the aggregates. We've already been talking about Sankara and also the body and the bodily Sankara, but there is also um, the uh, what we call consciousness. Now, what consciousness is, is knowing. And you know that you know. You know that you're shaking your head up and down. You know that I'm that you can hear the sound of my words. You know that you can feel the contact of the headphones on the sides of your head. Okay, this is knowing. This is consciousness. Now, uh, when when we are uh, conscious of things, that does not mean that we have any understanding at all. That what we have to do is we have to make sense out of the new input but you are not that input device you are not consciousness but hindus and christians do think so in other words if you ask a christian what is it that's going to heaven if you're going to heaven then who is the you that goes are you going to have a physical body, maybe an airy-fairy, ghost-like body or something like that? But why does it determine you? Mm -hmm. The answer is that it's me because not only do I remember all that happened before I died, but it is the same consciousness. Well, wait a minute. If you're in heaven, if you've got a ghostly body that doesn't have real eyes, then how can the, uh, the ghost in heaven see? They don't have real eyes. I mean, they talk about God being in heaven and watching and looking down upon us. What eyes are in the sky other than satellites and cameras? There's no real eyes up there. And even if there were many, many millions and billions of cameras and recording equipment and all of that kind of stuff, but there was no, let us say, human-like animal with eyes to see it, then none of that stuff makes any difference. We're talking about the ability to see is the ability to re absorb input mm -hmm. but you are not that machine that can absorb input but you do something can absorb input now the next point about it is is that um uh there is also um sanya or perception also known as Nama Rupa. And what that means is, is that we see a real object on the outside. But when we bring it in with sight, we want to name it. Mm -hmm. An example of that is, is that I see a tree out there. And when I use the word tree, you make a mental version of a tree. 
but guaranteed the mental version of your tree is not the tree that I'm speaking of when I see it. Yeah, because it was an evergreen pine tree. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. All right, rather than a deciduous or maybe a, uh, a burning bush or anything like that. But um, so that's an example of it, that you took a word that I use, tree, and you made a mental image of a tree. Mm-hmm. How did you do that? You perceived a tree. Where did the tree that you perceived come from? It came out of your memory bank, out of the Sankara. Right? So there is the consciousness, there is perception, and there is the Sankara. And when you put those things together, you come up with an internal representation of what you were perceiving from the outside. It's not exactly the same thing. We just gave that an example of mm-hmm. using tree, and then the tree that I'm talking about is RC is not the tree that you imagined. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> this is in the Pali is called Salayatana. And that would be also what we mean by understanding. Now, it's really interesting about the Salayatana. In some of the sutras, it talks about uh internal and external and the external uh would be consciousness that can take the object from the external but what we create on the inside is very close to the senses in other words if uh, if we can see with the eyes and we remember sights that the eye had and we bring those back up as sankara as a visual um, object within mm. the mind. And so uh, this is why we have the word atana, which is the senses. And then the salayatana is the internal senses. Mm. And the internal senses is actually what contacts us. In other words, the real world doesn't really contact us. What contacts us is um, our um, what we do with them. Or what we make of it. An example of that is uh, Mama comes home. And everybody could be very happy to see her. But another child is not going to be happy to see her. Why is that? Well, maybe he wants to hide something from her. Maybe Mm -hmm. she comes in and yells at him and not the other kids or something like that. So this is the point that everyone can see an, an an event on the outside and make of it something completely different inside their own mind based upon their sankaras and their perceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... so the, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say um, the sankaras and the perceptions are very, like, interlinked. I mean, well, all of it is very interlinked, but, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, so the Sankaras being that sort of memory system, but then the perception being also like the, the naming, right? But mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so the naming then, another um, uh, way of looking at it is understanding, but the mm-hmm. naming means okay. that we know what it is. Yeah. We know that object as a tree. 
Yeah, yeah. We know like, what kind of class or what kind of name it has, but that indicates that we have quite a lot of information or knowledge built up. Yeah, like in order can, to make these classes. Yeah, like you can kind of, in a sense, uh, differentiate like the object from, say, the background, right? Um, of the object, like with like a plate or something, you know, mm -hmm. it's like everything that's non-plate and then <laughs> plate mm -hmm. in a sense, right? That. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is what we mean by perception is trying to make sense mm -hmm. out of yeah. plate and non-plate. And that is what contacts us. The mm -hmm. poly word for that is pasa. Now, when we use the word contact, um, we could also understand that it's, uh, let us say that you're in a crowd of people and someone is moving through that crowd and he's weaseling his way in and he's trying not to touch people, but he does touch people a little bit and they'll know that. All right. And so that's a kind of contact is mm -hmm. just a brushing, just a touch. All right. This is not that kind of contact. This is the contact that's more like a shove. Okay. All right. This is a push. And that the result of this push of this visual mental object that we have created now is what's going to give us force or push, not the actual reality, but what we've made of it. Mm. Yeah. And that push then will push us into some kind of feeling. Okay. Oh, and the you, feeling yeah. is generally the feeling of liking or not liking, or the feeling of not sure whether I like it or not, which is not the same as what uh, is translated. It's right there in the Pali, uh, and it's referred to as a dukkha, a sukha, or it's referred to as dukkha sukha, or is referred to as um, negative thought or negative feeling and positive feeling. But it's the third one is not neutral. Yeah, it's that we're not sure whether it falls into positive or negative, or it does both. But it leaves us confused because we want to make sure, do we, in other words, we like to classify, do we like this or not? Do you want this or not? And it's, and we don't have an in-between kind of language for it. If we do, we call it wishy-washy or doubtful or uh, something like that. And this is the kind of feeling that we're talking about. And this is what gives rise to all doubts. That in fact, you could think of it from the perspective of, oh, you've heard in politics, they say better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Mm -hmm. Yes, this goes into the question of the fear of the unknown. Okay, which means that instead of seeing something that we are not sure about and don't know what it is and are confused, why doesn't that become quite attractive to us? Oh, I really, really like it because I don't know what it is. Doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. No, instead, I don't know what it is. I should uh be wary because it might be dangerous and so um 
it's very easy then for confusion to rot into ill will. If I don't know what it is, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Now, many people, in fact, I had this same idea was, is that um, we've got three kinds of feelings. We've got I like it, I don't like it, and the neutral feeling. And Bhikkhu Buddhadasa says there's a fourth kind of feeling, and he calls that wise feeling. If we have wisdom at the point of contact, in other words, once we create something, if we know how it affects us, then we have a choice over how we're going to feel. But we say, wait a minute, what about this uh, this positive feeling? I like it. Well, if we're having that kind of feeling ignorantly, then I like it evolves into I want it. Mm -hmm. But you can go to I like it, but I don't want it. it, But I don't (laughs) want it. That's wise. Yeah. But I like it and I want it. That means now that that liking is now a negative kind of feeling Mm -hmm. because it gets us into a state of longing, gets us into a state of wanting something, gets us into grasping and clinging after it. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, uh, this part of the the Pali, which goes from Pasa to Vedana to Tanha to Upadana uh, to uh, Baba to Jati uh, to Dukkha can be thought of in the sequence of you uh, you notice a rat hole, you like the rat hole, you mm-hmm. take a step towards the rat hole. That's the wanting it. Mm-hmm. Then you go into the rat hole. That's the clinging. And as you go down into the rat hole, you are being reborn as a rat. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Do you think that um, kind of clinging and that grasping is also what causes a lot of like rules, rights and rituals as well, right? Like the I should. Yeah, I should. Exactly. Those are the. Oh, That's yeah. part of the Sankara that colored that perception mm-hmm. that then gave rise to the um, the thought that contacted us. Mm. This, all right. And so that stuff then is going to get restored in the Sankara. So you can see that there's some feedback loops in there. Mm-hmm. That in fact, um, even though the self comes up much later, you could say that the seeds of that selfishness was in the uh, the Sankara so that when things were uh, perceived, they were perceived in such a way that our feelings gave rise then to going down that same old path over and over again, hence more ignorance. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things are interrelated. Now, Let's look at it from another perspective, and that is, is that from uh, rather than the ordinary mind of the child that goes through this situation over and over and over again, winds up in a hell state of being a dumb animal, doing what we're told to do, or a hell state really hating it and we're not doing anything, or wanting something we don't have, or uh, the fourth one, the Asuras, which is uh, for some reason we think of as a as a heavenly state because <laughs> the Asuras are very much like Titans. Mm-hmm. You know what the Titans are in the Greek mythology? They're the warriors. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
but the Ashuras are like these warriors that are all dressed up for battle, but they don't have any. <laughs> right, but there's no place to go. All dressed up and no place to go. Yeah. A really clear example of that is the child who walks out on the stage dressed as a tree. And he has one line, I am a tree. But when he walks out there, he's got butterflies in his stomach. Everybody's looking at him and he forgets his line. Right. Mm -hmm. That's when we go into. Uh, so when we get flabbergasted, when we get uh, confused, that's that state of uh, the Asura. Is mm -hmm. if we don't know what to do. Butterflies in the stomach. Performance. Um, um, uh, freeze those are the kind of things that happen not so often the one that in fact happens the most in our culture is the dumb animal we just do it because we were told to do it mm -hmm. we get in the habit of that when we were going to school that's what school is all about is teaching every child they're, they think that they're giving the education and making the kids smart what they're actually teaching the kids is how to be stupid how to do what you're told to do instead of thinking for yourself. Hmm. Uh, rote memories, those kind of things. So um, if the if the person is practicing Anapanasati correctly, then what happens is, is that because we're actually <clears throat> Building a new kind of Sankara to remember mm -hmm. uh, to have the kind of Salayatana that is wholesome rather than unwholesome. So that we wind up with wisdom at the point of contact, which means now we're in charge of our feelings and we can feel the way that we want to, which means that in this point, we are slicing that whole system of Paticca Samapada right in half. Mm-hmm. We're stopping it at the source of it, but most people don't stop at the source. They stop. Uh, in, in fact, a good example of that is, is an argument. An argument and more argument and more argument, and then it gets violent until somebody wakes up. An example of the waking up is when the, uh, the husband slams the door on the way out of the house. Uh, finishing the argument, I've had enough of this and he slams the door. OK, that means that he's already in a state of dukkha. Mm -hmm. But if they continue on with it, it will get even worse and worse. So in a bar fight, if some or a bar scene, if two people are arguing over which sport team is better. If someone doesn't wake up, a third party comes to break them up or that one of them uh, recognizes that this is not going anywhere, you're going to wind up either in violence or maybe even somebody getting killed. But eventually people will wake up. Mm -hmm. So our job is, is that the sooner we wake up. Then the less likely there is going to be any trouble. And we can also see that that if someone is having a thought that goes over and over and over and over and when he wakes up to that, he's probably already feeling bad. And now it's a big habit to get his mind out of that state. But if he can catch it the first time that it happens, it says, oh, I'm not going to go there. Mm -hmm. An example of that is um, you get a letter from the electric company, the phone company or something like that. It's a bill and you sit it on the table. You don't want to pay the bill. But every time you walk by that uh, letter, 
sitting on the table. You think of, oh, I don't want to pay that bill. It's probably too much money. I don't have it. And then we start yawning and yawning and yawning and yawning. And we're still not paying the bill. (laughs) (laughs) When are we going to wake up to the fact that we're either going to pay the bill or not pay the bill? Why do we have to have such emotional distress and still not pay the bill? Yeah. Yeah, precisely. Well, we don't. <laughs> that would be the waking up. Yeah. To put a stop to that process. Wake up and be like, all right, I'm either going to pay this bill or, you know, what's the point of thinking about this, you know? Uh, <laughs> what's the point of thinking about it if I'm not going to pay the bill right now? All I'm doing yeah. is making myself feel bad. All right. Mm-hmm. So we can wake up to this stuff. And so as we begin to practice more and more, we get the mind in a good state so that the feelings that we have now we're in control of. Our feelings are wise because we create the kind of feelings that we want to have rather than uh, our, uh, let us say, doomed to repeat the, uh, the feelings that we had when we were children. The kind of feelings that we developed ignorantly, are we going to continue to have those same kind of feelings ignorantly or are we going to wake up and wise up so that Mm -hmm. we can have the feelings that we want? If we can do that, that means that now that's a whole sequence of events of Paticca Samapada is broken up and now the meditator has something else to investigate. What is that? We're going to investigate the wholesome. We're going to mm-hmm. investigate the way the mind works. We're going to investigate this particular samapada. We're going to investigate really what's going on rather than having to investigate just to keep the whole unwholesome thoughts out. Mm-hmm. So this is a way of, uh, of practicing so that we would say that within Anapanasati, we're going to have the body, the feelings and the mind are congruent to the point that we're going to be in what is called this the state of first jhana, mm-hmm. which means that we don't have any unwholesome thoughts, that we feel pleasure, we feel exhilaration, we feel good. And now what is to be investigated is these states that we're in. So uh, by applying the mind to the wholesome and sustaining the mind on the wholesome, we're actually now taking a new object of applying and sustaining the mind. We're also gladdening the mind, which brings sukha. So sukha now is one of the objects. How good do I feel? We start paying attention to the feelings rather than giving ourselves a running dialogue about how we feel. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so by looking at what's really going on, that's when the real investigation and the real insight comes is when the mind is in a wholesome state, not when it's in an unwholesome state. And this is the distinction then between Anapanasati and the Vipassana Vipassana method or the Mahasi, which is also called dry insight, which means that the mind in that state has dukkha and bad feelings and all of that kind of stuff. So that's what they investigate. Mm -hmm. And the real investigation is to be done 
with really what's going on there without all of that cloud of the unwholesome. Mm -hmm. So in the real practice of Anapanasati, it goes, you probably heard this statement, good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good in the end. And yet Western mm -hmm. meditation practice is really rough in the beginning. It gets... <laughs> goes into the dark night of the soul in the middle and nobody ever gets to the end of it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, and then there's like all the shoulds and woulds and you should be doing this so that you'll get rewarded someday. You'll get your treat rather than, oh, your treat's right, right here, right now. Yeah. It's easy breezy. <laughs> Everything is here, just right here, right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, we've actually gone a little bit further into uh, your question mm -hmm. of what is Sankara by actually uh, taking, you know, kind of an introductory path right all the way through the entire mm -hmm. practice of Petita Samapada. Uh, and that's a kind of a funny thing because when the mind is in a really good state, we can recollect and see how the mind would wind up in dukkha yeah but it doesn't yeah exactly i had a moment there where i i noticed because i'm like oh yeah i'm really enjoying you know this patichu samapada oh man for a second it was like you know i'm good all day tomorrow at work i'm gonna practice and i said oh no i see you there right like <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> when i remember you know to come back <laughs> but but there was that thing come up and i was able to see myself born <laughs> In that sense, you know, in that thing, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I see. There I am. Uh huh. There. Exactly. Uh -huh. I see you, Mara. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent, Dave. Yeah. All right. Well, let's finish now. Yeah. And uh, I think that this will be some value for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, it it absolutely has, and it's it's it's, yeah, a pleasure. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Do you have any further questions or anything? No, not at this time. That delved into a lot of uh, my questions, actually. So, and yeah, it was a, a really amazing uh, talk. And yeah, I enjoyed it. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll see you again soon. Yeah. See you. All right. Bye. <laughs>